near-death experience podcast, an ongoing exploration of spiritually transformative experiences, including NDEs and other phenomena, in order to elucidate the ineffable and better understand our spirituality. All episodes are available at ndepodcast.org. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and guests are not necessarily those of NDE Podcast, the NDERF, any sponsors, or for that matter, anyone else. In the end, the only opinion that really matters is yours. Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official source of audio accounts for the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, What Near-Death Experiences May Teach Us About Life on the Other Side. Today we're going to share the experience of Carol from Enderf.org. That's the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation website. Carol says... I was at work during a power plant overhaul, sound blasting and painting. I was on a 15-minute break and stood up when my left side went numb and tingled. I had trouble breathing and talking. The paramedics on site came and thought I was having a reaction to paint or solvent. I was taken to the local clinic where it couldn't be determined what was happening. At that point, I couldn't speak. It was gibberish, and I knew it. From there, I started to deteriorate. So they transferred me to a hospital 35 miles away. By that time, I was showing symptoms, some kind of overdose, possibly from amphetamines. They assumed from my actions, uh, excited, frantic, hostile, one minute and next comatose. At the Price Hospital, they gave me a syringe of Valium to no effect. They gave me another, and another. I started to crash. They put me in another ambulance to go to another hospital 180 miles away, saying there was nothing they could do. They said it would uh, that I would be dead on arrival. 20 minutes out in the ambulance, I died. I quit breathing and my heart stopped. The paramedic in back with me was my friend and he freaked and yelled to the driver to stop. Together they started CPR and got my heart going again, slowly, ten beats per minute. At that time, I shot out of my body, like a roaring train, straight up, not stopping to ponder my body down below. I went to the light via a revolving tornado, Inside was dark at first, and I went through all the negatives or bad things that I had ever done in my life and was stripped of it, forgiven instantly, and continued up toward the light. Negative deeds pulled me down, and positive pulled me up. There, on a horizon where shadows that turned to shapes of people, My grandmother and Aunt Carrie appeared, and I realized how young my aunt looked. I was eight when she died. She was twenty-seven. Also, my grandmother was young and not crippled. 
It, I was so happy to see them. They escorted me over the, to the crowds of people, and I was crying. I was so happy to see them, hundreds of them. I was telling them that I hadn't seen them for ages. How could I have ever forgotten them, etc.? I later realized that I had never seen any one of them before, except my grandmother and aunt. Then I found myself on the dark side of the light. There was a barrier of lace, and on the other side, it was so warm and bright. I heard in my head, What is your answer? I said, No, I can't go because my kids, ages 14 and 9, they need me. He acknowledged it and gave me knowledge that I would have to go back and suffer greatly, but he would let me go back for a while. I next became aware of coming back into my body. My family was around and I told them what had happened. Since then, I've had both a good life and an agonizing one. I have had cancer twice and 15 other operations for various maladies and illnesses, but have managed to be happy. I'm not afraid to die. I have always longed for it when it comes. I am psychic and intuitive at times. I know that we, uh, I know that we are but cells in the body of Christ. We are truly part of God. All we do that is good is positive, no matter how small, and all that we do that is bad is negative. Positive energy never dies and continues to go on and on. That is what I believe. That is the end of Carol's experience. And I just wanted to touch on one thing before sharing one of their shorter experience. I really like how Carol says that there was this big group of people and she knew them all. She recognized them. She was so happy to see them and saying, oh, I haven't seen you for ages and, and so forth. And how could I have ever forgotten you? And so forth. But then when she returns, she realizes, wait, I don't know any of those people. Which is so interesting to me and makes me think that there are probably far more people that uh, we know on that side than we know here. And when we get to the other side, we are going to probably be surprised at how many people we know on the other side that we never knew here. Very interesting. Okay, here's another experience on uh, Enderf.org. This one is Vernon. Vernon says, At the time I started to fall, I seen my life flash in front of my eyes. It was like a very crystal clear slideshow of all the things I should have done. Just after that, all I could think of was who was going to take care of my three beautiful little babies and my loving wife. I guess that's what gave me the will to live. So I put my right leg back as far as I could and hit on my right leg first and then the rest of my body impacted with a force that destroyed the rest of my body. After the impact, I remember getting the knowledge of the universe. I had my eyes wide open but I couldn't blink an eye or move a finger. 
Then I saw my spirit lifting up out of my body, wearing a blue jean jacket and the clothes that I was wearing. Then I remember looking down on my body and saying, Oh well, it's just a shell I was trapped in anyway. But on the concrete ground, what was strange is that I was saying no, I wanted to live, to take care of my family. And I saw that my spirit was only about halfway out of my body. I could hear the sound of people gossiping about me and the things that I had done that I shouldn't have done. I also heard a voice in my head saying that if I got up out of the ground, or got up off the ground, I would live in terrible pain for the rest of my life. I said that I don't care about that, and my spirit was halfway out of my body. I started fighting my way to my feet. It was the hardest fight of my life. And as I was getting up before my spirit could completely leave my body, my knowledge of the universe started to leave me. However, I knew I was going to live to see, love, help my family once again, and continue to take care of them until I die. I thank God, the Father, and Jesus, his Son, for letting me stay to help my wife and children. I've been living in constant, miserable pain for almost 25 years but it has been worth every minute of it to be with my family. And that is the end of Vernon's experience. That's very interesting. I I love Vernon's uh, way of talking. He has such a down-to-earth style of talking, and yet he's in the process of lifting up from the earth in his near-death experience. Now, I could be mistaken about how I'm reading this, but it appears that he is having kind of a double consciousness experience. He is—he seems to be conscious in his body as he sees his spirit lifting up from his body, but he's also conscious of being the spirit looking down at his body. And he's just like, ah, it's just a shell anyway, I don't care. And yet his body seems to be, this is so bizarre. He says um, that, let's see, where is that? I saw that my spirit was only about halfway out of my body. Now, I don't know if he is his spirit looking at his body, you know, kind of sitting in his body or what. Um, but it's, uh, that seems to be kind of common for somebody to be half in their body. And this seems to be the case with Vernon. But also he says, let's see. Okay, he saw that his spirit was wearing the same clothes as he was wearing. Yes, here it is. So he's looking down at his body uh, from above. He says, but on the concrete ground, what was strange is that I was saying, no, I want to live take care of my, to take care of my family. And I saw that my spirit was only about halfway out of my body. So is he floating above the ground and hearing his body or sensing his body saying, no, I want to live to take care of my family? I, that doesn't even seem to make sense to me, but that almost seems to be what is implied here. Or it could be that he just you know, the kind of thing where you start speaking something before you've fully thought it through, and maybe that's the case. Maybe his spirit is simply 
um, saying, no, I want to live to take care of my family, even though his spirit kind of wants to go on. I don't know. But he says, but on the concrete ground, what was strange is that I was saying, no, I want to live to take care of my family. But clearly this is what he wants, because when he returns, even in this pain-filled body, he's, you know, lives 25, uh, you know, up to the point where he posts this entry, this account, it says, for 25 years, I've been in constant miserable pain, but it has been worth every minute of it to be with my family. There's something deeply touching about that. That's not always the case. In fact, it it's kind of rare for somebody to want to come back to be with their family. I, I shouldn't say rare. It, it is fairly common, but more often than not, people want to stay despite loving their family and despite um, you know wanting to see that their family is taken care of. They often have a sense of, my family will be fine. My family will be fine. They will be taken care of. Even some of them, I can watch over them from this side, but they don't want to leave the light. But in this case, Vernon's like, nope, I'm sticking around here. So he mentions in the questions section a little bit more about this knowledge of the universe. Uh, to the question, during your experience, did you gain special knowledge or information about your purpose? He says, yes, I can't tell you that because when I started to fight my way back up off the ground, the knowledge of the universe, which is the knowledge of everything, faded away. And when you come back from death, you do not have that anymore. You go back to that knowledge you have in life until you die and regain it once again. So it sounds like, and this has been my understanding, is that out of the body, as spirits, we are in a position to be able to gain that knowledge of the universe, to ask and instantly receive answers to anything and everything we ask. But that if we return to our bodies, that knowledge dissipates. Some people are blessed to have a short period of time where it's fading. It's almost like the uh, somebody's pulled the cork and it's draining out. And they'll hurry and write things down or they'll hurry and record themselves speaking things or they'll tell it to somebody and then they listen later to the recording or read the words later. And to them, it's utter nonsense. It's, it's words strung together in a legible fashion, but, uh, you know, they're things that seem nonsensical to us. I'm, I can't think of specific examples except the one where um, a woman said she made a mental note to herself, anything is possible. And what that means, I don't exactly know, because on earth it sure feels like not everything is possible. But some to some level, that must be true. And you'll have some people come back and they're able to make enough notes or remember enough of the words that they came up with to describe it um, that they have words, but the words are very difficult to follow. They'll say, you know, the ineffable everything is is all of us and all of us are the ineffable everything. And, and you know, they'll kind of have these big profound thoughts that in our limited poor mortal minds just seem 
to say nothing at all, which is unfortunate for us, but that seems to be the way of our mortal minds. We don't get it. But when we're on the other side, we do, and we get it in full. So I find that very interesting. There is knowledge to be had in the universe, and sometimes we can partake of it in small doses through prayer, through meditation, through quieting the mind and listening for that universal knowledge to come upon us. Some people will say that they can close their eyes, ask a question, and the answer just comes. And um, while most people don't have that kind of experience, it's certainly something we can all work toward, at least strive for and hope for and pray for. So, anyway, if you would like to support the podcast, you can do so by either purchasing the book, uh, Life in the Spirit World, which is linked on the website, neardeathexperiencepodcast.org, or you can become an ongoing monthly contributor by going to patreon.com slash ndepodcast. And by doing so, you can support the podcast um, on a monthly subscription service. Um, But don't feel obligated to do either of those. Any support you can offer is great. Nothing at all is still okay. We just want to get this message out there. We just want to touch lives in any way we can. You can contact me at chaz at ndepodcast.org or john at john at ndepodcast.org. And once again, thank you all of you so much again for listening.